Good Friday, everybody, and welcome to the weekly edition of the Wassel Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the paradox of the individual, and I have with me Miss Aruvi, who's going to be joining us. Aruvi, how are you doing? I'm great today. How are you? I'm good. It's pretty warm, though. So yeah, that's the right. one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Aruvi is going to be, hopefully, no pressure, uh, our final uh, co-host of uh, of this podcast. I am looking around for multiple people to help me. So. And let's hope Ari really enjoys today so that we get to have uh, one more diverse opinion in our lineup. So Ruby, why don't you start with yourself just a little bit? It doesn't matter to the podcast. It doesn't matter to the topic of the podcast, but we would like to know you on a personal level because before we start listening to your takes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I, I live in the Netherlands. I'm a machine learning engineer. I, I studied artificial intelligence. And specifically, more interested in AI ethics. So, my interest in philosophy as a topic started when I ventured out into looking at AI ethics a little more academically during my master's, and uh, that led led me into reading more of philosophical concepts outside of AI. Right, like that. that it, it always happens with philosophy. Branch out and start thinking about everything else. Yeah. So, um, once I moved to Netherlands, so earlier I was in the US. Once I moved to Netherlands, um, I started missing the conversations I used to have with my um, uh, classmates, my professors uh, in philosophy. So I started a philosophy meetups group and uh, uh, luckily it's been going really well. We meet every two weeks once and we speak about a whole bunch of topics and that kind of kept me um, from uh, going too narrow into the perspectives that I'm being uh, offered by my recommendations engines on my Instagram and YouTube uh, because I end up meeting people from very different uh, perspectives and there's always challenge, there's always um, a healthy debate. And um, it also makes me think from both points of view on like a weekly basis, right? And I, at this point, I'm kind of addicted to it. I must say, like just constantly challenging my own thoughts. And um, of course, like the topic that we have at hand today, the paradox of individuality, I think is um, something that we all go through, but we don't really, we are not really self-aware of it or, as we don't like name it that when we're talking about it, but like, it's just something that I have always thought about for as long as I could remember. And to have a formal conversations about it or a formal conversation about it right now is it just seemed like a really nice uh, opportunity to take even if it weren't for the podcast. It, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have this topic uh, for the philosophy meetup pretty soon uh, so that it's not just the two of us talking, it's more people yeah. talking. but uh, that's really my motivation, and I really hope I enjoy it too. And let's see uh, if, if there are other topics that we could be interested to discuss with you in the future. Yes, definitely. I think that's already uh, a good start to our our discussion today. Uh, one thing to note, I, I knew you were working in machine learning. I did not know you were working as a machine learning engineer. Uh, I also work in the space of data, so it's always nice to meet someone who is of the same domain. So we should also just chat about that instead, because that could that would also be a topic in this podcast about AI ethics, because that is the buzzword everyone wants to talk about AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to break it down that it is not as ubiquitous as people think it is. It is at the end just machine learning <laughs> with a little yeah. bit of extra addition yeah. on that. So those kind of things uh, separately, uh, that is indeed true that uh, Aruvi was the one who started the the philosophy podcast here in Eindhoven with another person who also started a philosophy group. But I think that one is slowly, slowly losing its uh, its uh, consistency. 
I think that person is uh, very busy, but that is where me and Aruvi met actually. And uh, yes, those hot takes after hot takes and different kind of conversations were the reasons that I wanted to start a podcast because I thought that it would be very interesting to meet like-minded people and uh, do go through this challenging phase. Because when you're challenging yourself alone, sometimes you go crazy like I do. Yeah, It happens yeah. to me a lot that uh, I always ask myself that I'm feeling this, but then I go like, yeah, but should I be feeling this? Is this is it okay for me to feel this? And <laughs> well, uh, am, am I correct for feeling this? And I think that is that goes really well into the conversation that we want to have today. So let's start with that. Let's start with the concept of individuality. Now, individuality was a movement that start was started uh, that started in the Renaissance era, right? It was the fact that everyone has their own contribution to make to mankind, and it is not just that you are part of a system. Before that, it used to be a collectivist society. We used to work in pairs and evolutionally speaking as well, we mostly work and function best in, in groups and tribes. But people are challenging that notion, Aruvi. And how do you feel about that challenge? Um, I, I do agree with you. Like, I think as primates, one of the factors that has helped us um, grow into such a beautiful civilization is how we have empathy and we work in groups and we help the other people of our community and the sense of belonging and the tribes fighting each other and building an empire, uh, all of that plays into the collectivism concept, right? So um, I do I do definitely agree with you. Although I also believe that throughout the evolutionary history, uh, there have also been a lot of individuals that have felt very differently from the rest of the population. The whole concept of... Um, wanting to be a leader or wanting to be, um, a, 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 I, I don't want to use the word dictator or someone who innovates, comes from the motivation to be different from the rest of the group. And I guess that's also something that's helped us as primates to uh, come this far. So I wouldn't completely rule the importance of individualism uh, when we're looking at it from an evolutionary perspective. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I would say to you. Like, yeah. No, I think I think I agree with you that this innovation, or this evolutionary need to be different from uh, everyone around us. I think this goes back to our need to find a mate, right? You want to mm-hmm. look different, you want to be different, so that you can yeah. attract someone who is who is genetically superior, and of course, then have babies. Because at the end, that is the whole essence of evolution, supposedly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all about yeah. propagation and nothing else. So it already is becoming difficult for us to look from that lens because now we don't really uh, we are not really together just for a, a reproduction right now we're together for multiple things we're together for love supposedly intellectual pursuit and there's a lot of things that have woven into uh, humanity so i would like to think a bit bigger than just the evolutionary perspective right that's that's okay that's fair let's put that on the side but now let's think what value does it add to be an individual and it's great that uh, you want to make your own mark on the world you believe your own aspirations are very important but for me, the biggest problem is the lack of awareness around the fact that you cannot survive alone. Yeah. We cannot survive alone as a species. We are yeah. not built to be survived alone, let alone like thrive alone. So do you think do you think that for people who love to be individualists or they feel like, you know what, I got this, I am an individual person, are they kidding themselves or do you think deep down they know that there is a thing but they move to more towards individualism like you said that it is important, I want to focus on that. So what what are your thoughts about this matter? Okay, um, I get what you're saying. If I think if the entire world chooses to be individualistic, then we as a species will, we, we, we as a species will just collapse. But 
um, but that holds true for a lot of things, right? Say, for example, um, we need people to be married or we need people to have children uh, to, for, for the population to keep going. But then if someone chooses to not have a child, you can't go say that they're doing something against the nature. It's their, we, we have kind of accepted that it's their choice. So as long as it, it kind of um, is not dis- the, the number of people who, ch- uh, who are choosing these paths does, does not step over the progression of the homo sapiens itself, I, I guess I would still be okay with the concept of people wanting to do that. So I know that uh, a, a few years ago I saw this documentary. I'm forgetting the name of the group in, in Japan, uh, if I'm not wrong. So there is a group that they don't meet anyone at all. Everything is automated. They order food online. They get the cleaners. They, they just clean their own space. They put the garbage out. People come collect their garbage. They just go on years and years without ever facing another human being. And the number of people who do that in Japan um, has gone up a lot in the in the recent years. But if, if you ask, so I think they interviewed one of them. They got one of them to speak to the interviewer. And they seem to be very happy in their space and they were not disturbing anyone. And if that's their choice and that's how they want to live, um, I don't see a problem in it. And you asked if they're kidding themselves. Um, I don't know where the motivation uh, for that is coming from, Uh, like to go on like that forever and ever, like to just like be in their own space. And I I think everyone has their own reasons to be that. Um, So I don't want to comment on that. but I don't want to trivialize it by saying uh, it, they're just fooling themselves. Um, mm. I think they, however, they are capitalizing on the society's privileges that was built by the rest of the community. Uh, but I completely understand. But you can apply the same logic to capitalism versus socialism as well, and that that that's like a paradox that that kind of spreads across different topics. Um, I don't have a very clear view of why um, we should completely dismiss these new uh, ways of living just because the basis of how we got here is is founded in some other belief system or some other way of being. I think this might also be an evolutionary process in in, in the way we as as a society are progressing. So uh, that's where I stand now. I know it's like I said a lot of things, it's not very clear, but like, that's that's how it is in my head. <laughs> I don't think I have to about this. Uh, no, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you about the, the information overload, but I completely understand what you said. What I want to push back about is, as you said, right, they are, they are throwing their garbage out for someone else to pick up. They are ordering food online that they don't need to make themselves. Or if they're ordering groceries online, that's also coming to them without opening. That is not completely individualistic, is it? That's the whole point that is the paradox that you're not living as an individual. You're living from the benefit of society. And if you say, no, I have the money and I'm paying for it. No, that's good. But imagine what you would do with that money living alone on an island. You wouldn't be able to function. And for those people who live alone, I do not know much about it. So I will will do the research and I will also see if I can attach that to this this podcast when it gets released that people can see the, the group themselves. But... Uh, my question would be, okay, do are they commuti- communicating online? Are they talking mm-hmm. to people online? Or is it just a physical uh, space that they want for themselves? Because if they're communicating online, then it's not really individualistic, is it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's just that you're saying, hey, I don't want to see people. I'm an introvert, but I have my own online life. And I like yeah, that, 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 that was completely something else. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely yeah. understand. So uh, it's interesting that you uh, use the terminology true individualism. 
So I, I want to ask you, like, what what is still a, an ideal non-individualistic collectivist way of living? Because I would assume that you fall under you fall in the spectrum somewhere, and I I just want to know what your definition is. Oh, definitely. Like coming yeah. coming from a country, I think you're also coming from a very similar country of of such a collectivist society that uh, it's not like we are the flag bearers of collectivism, okay? I, mm-hmm. You and I firsthand would know the difficulties that come from a collectivist society because it is special, especially being a woman in that kind of a society, I think you are more uh, like mm-hmm. in, in a difficult situation than I am because I'm a guy, so that's that is relatively easy for us. But there are pros and cons of both sides and that is indeed what I don't see. So true collectivism also lives at the expense of someone else and that the expense is the individual themselves, right? For the collective mm-hmm. good. And yeah. individualism lives at the expense of the society. And that's, mm-hmm. that's in essence, what I'm trying to make people aware of. Because as you said, right, if they're not disturbing anybody, then they're fine. But what is disturbing, right? So a, a good example would be how we're discussing individual rights now, right? And they're like, okay, live and let live. I, You know what? I used to live like this. I used to, this was my mantra for life, live and let live, right? But slowly, slowly, I've realized that you cannot really do that. You cannot live and let live because (laughs) you're being complicit. And I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, fighting online or fighting with people and be like, you know what, you're wrong. Go support Palestine or go support Yemen or go support whoever country, Ukraine, for example. That's what these days is. I'm not all about that because politically speaking, no one is right. Every country does it for their own people's good. Yeah. And in their eyes, they're correct, no matter how much you try to make it happen. So that's not the debate I want to have. I want to have a debate where someone says that if this is a nine and it is a six to me, then it should be fine. No, it's not fine. It is a nine. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, it is a nine. And we need to make sure you understand that it is a nine and you choose not to believe it to be a nine. That's fine. Okay. If that's you fair. choose, yeah, if you choose, then it's fine. But you need to know it's not the truth. Okay, so to me, it sounds like you're questioning people calling individualism as individualism because you're like uh, dismissing the concept of it because however much we try, we are not going to be individualistic because we are going to be standing on the shoulders of collectivist society. Okay, I would probably agree with that uh, because the way I was thinking about it was also that it's a spectrum. Like for me, uh, and all of these people fall under the spectrum and the end of one end of the spectrum, or like, neither end of the spectrum exists we, like mm. we talk both of these comes under somewhere in between like what is the end of it i don't think we can uh, define those things so i i would agree with that and um that also brings me to this other contemplation like the thought i've been having so you know like how um the whole whole hippie culture people say that i want to be different from the rest of the society i don't want to be a part of it and then yeah that, that's coming from a place of them wanting to be different and unique uh, like you said, it, it's just probably the instinct from, uh, you know, wanting to be different, which helped us with meeting uh, chances. Then you're basically doing what you're accusing others of doing. And that is, in essence, what the paradox of the individual is, right? You're living in a society shaped by society, uh, formed by society, wearing your cultural lens that society makes you wear. We come from a country of South Asia and we have our own cultural lenses and we live here and we love it. But even then... We get agitated by certain things. A good example would be you're right now very agitated by the warmth, right? Mm. But if you ask any any Dutch person outside, 
they can be like, why are you so ungrateful? We only get yeah. this, like, one month in a year. And yeah, yeah. how can we explain to them that we get this nine months in a year? <laughs> this is something we don't like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. we have our own cultural lenses. We have our own yeah. biases and our things. Good. And that shapes us to be the person we are today. The Aruvi who wanted to be different was was existed only because Aruvi was being put in a box. And that was society. Right? So... So well, how do we try to marry this uh, issue where we feel like we are not standing on the shoulder of giants, but we are doing our own thing and then live at the expense of society, whatever society is? Because now in the Western world, you see loneliness going up. In the Western world, you see family uh, families reducing. The number of families, marriages, uh, kids, all of that is reducing because women prefer to work so they don't have less kids. That's completely their choice. But because of that, you also have people who are now challenging the institution of marriage, which is also fine because it was an institution designed by Christianity. But amidst all of that, now you're losing, in the end, you're losing something. You're losing your mental peace. And that's where it becomes a problem for me. So don't have kids, fine. Don't uh, get married, fine. Don't want uh, traditional institutions of, of, of uh, partnership, fine. But then what do you have left? You have left a chaotic, chaotic cocktail of stuff that is not working together. Even in Finland, for example, where they're considered to be the happiest people alive uh, by a lot of standards, the youngsters feel pressure when you ask them. They're like, we feel so much pressure to be happy. But what is oh. happiness? Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they, there was an interview where they were like, because of five years running, we're the happiest people in the world. Uh, we now have a, a certain pressure from society to be happy because... We have everything. But their motion of happiness is also not personal happiness. It's, oh, do you have access to good education? Tick. Do you have access to good healthcare? Tick. Do you have access to stability? Tick. All of that is the reason you're happy. But now they're feeling pressure from that uh, uh, structure itself. And that's, that's very ironical. Yeah. Quite ironic. Yeah. And I, I, I like, while you have this long list of things that you're talking about, I do want to add like the environmental issues that, that are also coming up because of this uh, whole individualistic movement because the fashion industry right now has become so vast like literally then if you go into any website you find so many different kinds of clothes because everyone wants to dress differently from the rest of the people and this constantly keeps changing if some if one thing becomes the the fashion today then everyone wants to wear something new the next day because they don't want to fit in with the society and and the industries are capitalizing on it. And I don't know if you know, but fast fashion is like leading to piles and piles of discarded clothes in, in developing countries by the end of the day. And no one gives a damn about it anymore. Like these days, people don't think about it. They're not very conscious about it. They, they're so um, into the whole idea of wanting to be individualistic that they're, they're we, I, should, I shouldn't say they because I'm a part of this too. So we are, we are literally destroying our planet uh, at, at the yeah, that's that's what yeah. we're doing, and um, uh, and at the, at the root of it, the more I think about it, there's nothing more than this: uh, the, our desire to be one, uh, to want to be different from the rest of the people, and that's the only idea that the industries are capitalizing on. What else? That's the only one. And fast fashion is one of the biggest problems of our current day society, and um, the self awareness that we need to have that we're talking about. about um, why are we doing this? Is there a point to it? Can we actually truly be individualistic? All these questions could not just help um, humans, uh, like our own mental peace, but also might help our planet to begin with, I guess, if not a bunch of other things, other factors that that's outside of our human emotions. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. Just want to indeed. That. Though definitely, uh, the other funny part, I, I hate clothes. I do. Okay. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like dressing up. I If I could wear the same shirt forever, I would. <laughs> that's As nice. a guy, it's relatively easy. But yeah, my wife loves me to dress up a little bit. Uh, and uh, and she introduced me to the world of oversized clothing. And uh, okay. now I, I, I am I am addicted to an extent, which I was never before. <laughs> now I like wearing the new clothes. Okay. And I'm actually having a bit of a crisis about it because I don't like clothes. The reason I used to spend a lot on food or games was because I used to always have this justification in my head that, hey, at least I'm not spending money on clothes. Okay, I'm not shopping much, so I can do these things. But now I'm also shopping a little bit, and now it 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 is a very difficult thing to reconcile. Not just the environmental impact, but just the the ethos of fast fashion. The ethos of fashion itself was always something that bothered me. That you do not need to look good, feel good, or look good to feel good. A lot of yeah. people do, but I feel like it's inside what matters. And yes, you have to be presentable, charismatic. That's all part of being a person, and you need to. We are a social species, superficial. Always, the first person you meet, it will always be the look that matters before you even get to know the person. So that plays a role, but it would affect me this much. I I really didn't know that it's gonna be this big of a problem that I would be addicted to do clothing and uh, oversized clothing and then trying everything new every single time. I wore my shirt. This is the like the fifth time I've worn this shirt, and now I'm telling my wife that you know what? It's it's the fifth time. I think I need to get new shirts. And I well, that's addiction for sure. Yeah, I've never <laughs> pictured and imagined myself doing that, but it happens. But going back to our conversation that about uh, fast fashion, do you know that sixty percent, close to fifty to sixty percent of the fresh water supply of the world is used by the fast fashion industry by the fashion? Industry. Oh wow, it's I used, didn't know that. It is used to grow cotton that is used for clothing. So the downstream effects. Uh, the upstream effects of clothing is that we're losing almost 50 to 60 percent of fresh water to this while the world does not have enough water to drink now and by the next 20 years we will be facing some proper uh, water crisis in terms of fresh water resources so it is beyond me that we think it's okay to be spending this much water resource on on these kind of things but in essence that is what we do right we dig up stuff from the ground uh, bring it back up, bring it up the oil in order to buy these new cars that we want to drive, which represents something to us. You said it really well. All we're trying to do in life is trying to show ourselves to be different. And the whole world is trying to capitalize on it, be it with rings, be it with cars, be it with clothes, be it with houses, be it with anything. It's all about uh, catching up with the Jonases or the who's who of, of whatever. And that is, in essence, why I really feel like this conversation really needs to happen about being aware of the choices that you make and being aware of the impact and influence you have around you. Because a lot of people don't think and a lot of people don't care. They go like, I'm living my own life. I'm doing whatever I need to do. Uh, I'm not affecting anybody. But that's not true. Even yeah. me living here away from my family is me making an active choice to pursue my goals over my family's. Because if you ask my family, they would love to be back in Pakistan. They'd be like, it doesn't matter. You might not be that stable. You might not earn that much money. It doesn't matter to us. You'd be here. And that's what matters the most. So this active trade-offs that we do, I just don't feel like many people are aware of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I think uh, one of the premises of my... Uh, um, uh, opinion on this whole thing is that we need to be more self-aware and with with action 
we need to think to ourselves like why are we doing this we need to question why we are doing the things that we are and if we still uh want the things that we do i'm like okay yeah sure that's your right uh we can't really question people anymore but i think with these conversations all we can ask ourselves and others is to think twice about everything that we're doing and how much of this is rooted in wanting to be different and how it's affecting the world and if, if that even, the trade-off even makes sense for us and my hunch is that the more people think uh, i think the more people would want to abandon uh the pursuit that they have right now because also like you know there's a whole community that wants to be minimalistic now and if you go ask them uh what is it i'm sure like ha- like a good percentage of them are also trying to be different from the rest of the world and that's why they're minimalistic so <laughs> for sure that that probably is the reason too but i do have uh some personal connections who've had these realizations and they they just want to cut off from the influences that the industry is having on them and cap- capitalizing on their need to be individualistic so they're like okay i'm just going to set a rule for myself and like not overconsume not try to like try to com- compete with the rest of the society to be different all the time and i'm just going to yeah settle for the bare minimum and that's it and and yeah that that works for them and um I'm in full support of that. So I'm in full support of the encouraging people to be more self-aware and encouraging myself to be more self-aware as well. Yeah. And also having avenues to um, know what to do with the self-awareness. Okay, now I know. Now I'm talking all this. I understand. Am I? What am I going to do the next time I see something that is very catchy, some fashion that's very catchy? Like, how am I going to hold myself back? I think conversations around those. would also really help and um i think talking about the beauty of being a a wallflower i i i want to talk more about that and like because i think at least in our generation there is this uh, overemphasis emphasis on how we need to be different and how we need to be unique um and there's not enough conversations about how fitting in is beautiful as well uh, which i think the previous generation probably understood a little bit more um and i would really like to have conversations around that um and yeah just just being normal just being unnoticed just being the average of the society and why that's beautiful how that helps the world how that helps our own mental peace i want i want to have more conversations about those with myself and with everyone uh going forward i guess that's one way i can find a way out of this way out of the the, the cycle that i am in right now yeah i i agree with you but i think it's difficult because in our own heads we are all uh, we are all the the protagonists in our own heads right of our own movie so and and, and to be fair if you are not the protagonist of your own movie in your own head then i would say there is a problem because it is about your life right it needs to be about you and that's fair but not you don't need to be on social media or a leader because not everyone wants to be a leader if that would be the case everyone would be applying to be a politician yeah. right everyone yeah. be applying to be a ceo but no they don't because there comes a cost to having that much responsibility uh, uh, with being a public figure but i think because of social media people are not grasping that that added responsibility they just go like oh we're getting all the fame and the attention that we wanted but yeah but that comes with the the carelessness that uh, that you need to uh, let go of it comes with being understandable of what you're saying and what how you're saying and the belief system you hold because you have a horde of people behind you who white blindly do what you tell them to do or what you think is true and they will not second guess it then you have the responsibility to second guess yourself because 
now you chose that podium and not many people really understand the impact that they have because they're like we're doing us we're just doing us i'm making content i'm making playing videos why does it matter what i believe but it does there was this very nice uh quote by someone uh i do not know the name either myself uh but it was about the fact that i, I don't care if uh one of the politicians i support is a is a homophobe i care if he's a homophobe in public because i don't i don't need to judge him for being an homophobe in private if he has homophobic conversations with his friends and he does not have any any homosexual friends that's fine it's his prerogative that's prejudice that's not discrimination but when he brings it out to the public sphere when he starts supporting policies or introducing policies to limit the opportunity yeah. for homosexuals that's when it becomes discrimination and yeah. best people don't understand this that okay there's a difference between prejudice and discrimination i can choose yeah. to like or dislike someone for whatever reason be it their orientation be it their religion be it their culture be it the color of their face it's it's allowed for me because i'm one person the problem begins yeah. when i start screaming to everybody why you all should not love that person because of their face orientation or uh religion or a country because then i am influencing their opportunities in the world and that's where it becomes a problem and that's what most people don't understand has become the bone of social media that we are so open with everything that we discuss and we're so uh careless with the amount of uh, authority and credibility we have been unknowingly receiving that we don't for, uh, we don't have the awareness to realize that okay i need to be a bit more careful in the public sphere because i have influencing millions if not billions and i think that goes back to the conversation that i want to bring back to about the individual and how they really don't understand the impact they have on society so you mentioning mostly about individualism in the sense that okay i want to be who i am i want to make my mark on the world i want to uh be different in terms of clothing and whatever but i also want to talk about responsibilities yeah yeah come as an individual and as in society so every individual has a role to play in society right uh yeah you, you are a son/daughter you are a father/mother you are a a partner a friend a sibling you are all of that before you land firstly you are a person but then you are all of that and you cannot choose to be like i am only a person and then i'm not any of those because i am my own person and that's what matters to me if that would be the case your parents would have left you <laughs> like when you were a young kid but they invested in you so it's quite natural for them to get the returns I am an economist so I think like that I studied economics my whole life so I'm a very, I'm a very simple person that okay they invested in you their time and their effort let alone their money then the older they get maybe they get to be, have a sliver of your time right but everyone is so busy in saying it's my life I want to do whatever I want to do I should not be held back by anyone it's what I want to achieve in life and how do you feel about that 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 responsibility that we're shunning as individuals in this age of individualism I need to think a little bit more about it, but I'm going to go back to the point that you mentioned that um, it's your prerogative to be individualistic in your own head with your opinions and with your close circle, as long as you don't disturb the society with your individualistic thoughts. And when you come and be a part of the society, then you try to blend in and work in a way that you don't destroy the way the society works, which makes sense. Now, like the question would be, um, say you're a person who wants to change the way the society works for the better because you believe that it is it needs to change. And mm-hmm. throughout the history, these are the people who brought out their individualistic thoughts over to the society and tried to drive the changes, who developed the civilization this far. Uh, so, how should one know what to keep in within themselves and what to put out 
to morph the society. Um, I, I, I guess, yeah, that, that's where I'm finding it difficult because uh, when you say we have, what is our responsibility towards the society? Um, I guess an individualistic person, uh, a highly individualistic person on the spectrum would say that they are seeing something wrong with the society that others are not able to make a change and they want to be the change maker and they will go and destroy the society. So like that's kind of contradictory to uh, how you're defining what they should be doing. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard to have an opinion there because I'm still thinking that through. <laughs> so I don't have a clear answer to your question. What, what are our responsibilities? While I do think that, you know, like we do have some constructs of, uh, it, it, you're, you're an economist, so you know, like we have some policies in place. The government has made certain policies that are absolute essential that we shouldn't, we have to pay the taxes. Um, you know, like we have to vote, like a whole bunch of things where we need to participate. Those are the bare minimum ways in which we need to contribute. But if taking care of the parents and like having to get married, and if these are not government policies at this point in time, I don't think they are they are uh, a mandation. I think they still fall under the prerogatives of an individual to decide what they want to do. And I'm obviously a person who's going to say I I will it's my duty to take care of my parents because of the background I'm coming from but I wouldn't again think that's the only way to be because um I do have like a lot of friends who have very different points of view and I completely see why they think that because their their upbringings has not been similar to mine their parents have not um they've been a little more individualistic to begin with their parents compared to my parents so yeah. that itself influences the way they want to live their life, like how yeah. involved they want to be with their parents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, I I wouldn't generalize what a duty or a responsibility for an yeah. individual is outside of what the government set out as policies. Yeah, I guess I guess that's where I'll draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but here I would challenge you. So uh, by the way, I do not mean duty to the parents is like a universal right. That was just an yeah. example from my own cultural sense, right? Because we come from yeah. a country yeah. like that. Uh, and it doesn't need to be for everyone else. But what I would push back to you on about is how you said that the line has been drawn in a legal sense, right? Mm. But that is based that is because you're living in a place where it's not mandate, right? So, for example, in China, I do not know if this is completely true. I will double check and we can edit this out. But in yeah. China, uh, a court, like a court, awarded a case to the mother to be re receiving compensation from her child because the child was refusing to give her uh, money. And she was like, I'm her mother and I deserve money because I'm her mother and I raised her for it. And the court was went in favor of the of the mother because she was like, yes, she raised you. And it is your moral duty as a Chinese, because China is also a collectivist society, that you need yeah. to take care of your elders. So it yeah. became legal for parents to be asking that's for stuff. That's really fair, yeah. The, the, but then that's the problem. I, I like to discuss uh, consistent, consistency. Because if you go country by country in the West, you will never have this prerogative of taking care of your parents. Because here, the it's different. Either yeah. here, every as you said, the parents themselves were individualistic because their parents were individualistic, so they are more different. In our side of the world, our moms, specifically moms, give almost their hundred and twenty percent. They have zero life out of it. Like for example, my own mother, she says she doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have anything because all she had was family and the children. And now we're all gone. All of us are abroad. And now she feels very hurt and very sad. And we feel for her, but we're like, we also need to live our own life, mom. And I get that you invested everything in us and we want to give that back. But it is difficult for us to make this balancing scale because we also want to live our lives. So 
yes, it's great in, in certain senses governments are supporting this, in certain senses they aren't, but then if you say change makers want to make change happen, then you also have fascists who want to make fascism happen and they are the same change yeah. makers, right? So for me, that's this difficulty of individualistic in your head and individualistic outside is here that who gets to decide, number one, who gets to decide what is morally right? Because that's been our struggle in our philosophy circle as well when we discuss utilitarianism versus Kantianism, anything. Who gets to decide the universal set of rules or ethics that are supposed to be correct? Or the second one would be, why do we know what we know is right? These are the two major questions that come up with everything. Society, for me, society drives the government, right? Society drives the rules, society drives everything. But how do we know if society knows what's good for it or not? And that prerogative giving to one person is is dangerous, if you ask me, right? Yeah, I didn't mean that it has to be one person. It definitely has to. Again, it can be like a small group of people. Yeah, okay. But it, it should be representative of the rest of the country is what I would hope for. But I know that's not how things work. Uh, but I guess that's the best it can get. I, I, I Because I don't have an alternative plan in mind. Like, what am I going to say? <laughs> should, I, I, I think that's the Nash equilibrium of this complex system our world is. Uh, I'm, I'm a believer of that. Like, I, I don't try to... I'm more of an observer trying to see, okay, what what's happening? Okay, and trying to understand it because I, I think I'm... I don't want to say humble, but I trivialize myself that much. Uh, and yeah, so I, I don't have a very strong opinion of, oh, I want the world to go this way. This is wrong. That is right. If yeah. it's wrong, it, it would have changed. Who am I to say what's right and wrong? That's that's how I view uh, at this point. Uh, but uh, uh, going back to like, uh, who gets to decide, right? Um, and whether it makes sense for us to think about different countries differently. I think it does because... Uh, because again, these are different uh, collections of people with completely different histories. And I don't think there can be uh, one moral uh, rule that, that applies for all, all of the world. Uh, although like, I'm super surprised by how a Rom- Roman philosophy, Buddhist philosophy, Indian philosophy, everything from around and like Christianity, a lot of they are, they're all rooted in very, um, and also like Islam, it's, it's very much rooted in same set of principles and rules at its core. I don't, I don't know how how that happened back then. But thinking about it in 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 the current age, I don't believe there can be one way to think about morality morality throughout the world. I I personally don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is coming from a place of me having friends who come from different part of the world and how the way they think about things is so different. And all of these are completely justified. We arrive at a moral. Uh, conclusion through logic and and like a sense of emotion and basic empathy and uh, a, a desire to have a stable society and all of this included people can still arrive at different conclusions given <laughs> given where they're from and uh, knowing knowing this I have given up on wanting to find that one moral value for everyone I don't think yeah I don't think it's going to be moral uh, to be honest and I think you touch upon very very important points so my opinion. Basically, and this will be our last word. So I will say something, and then hopefully you can say something, and then okay. uh, because we are past the forty-five minute mark, and uh, I like it that we're already passing almost my standard goal of forty-five minutes because I thought it would be okay. difficult to have conversations, okay. but apparently it isn't. Okay. Uh, right. So uh, first thing, uh, my opinion on the society, all the religions having very similar values, is because those values were needed for a society to thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Because these were times when societies needed to survive because societies yeah. were very small. 
True. Nowadays, society is so huge that maybe they don't need these uh, rules and uh, regulations to be able to survive and thrive. Now we've been replaced by something else like capitalism okay. that has become a religion in its, in its own self. <laughs> and yeah. and maybe you're right. Maybe we are in a world now that we need updated values on how to live. But I would still implore that we need to go back to the roots of what is to like to be human. And to be mm-hmm. human is to be collective. And not in a collectivist society like Pakistan, India or China, but a collectivist society with, with a lot of, uh, what do you call it, tolerance a lot of ability to have individuals firm, but also having a system in place that your society benefits from your existence rather than loses something out of uh, out of it because of your existence. And that that is my opinion on, on this matter. And on to the closing part, for me, the biggest issue with the paradox of, of the individual, and this goes to everything that you, you just said, right? That it's not just about and one moral value it's that everyone goes through their walks of life everyone has their own cultural lens that they are looking through and we need to be okay with that we do but they also need to be okay to the fact to know that this is their cultural lens and that is where i want to leave this conversation that everyone has their own cultural lens and bias and i'm perfectly okay with you voicing your cultural bias as long as you know it's your cultural bias if you come to me saying that this is how it is supposed to be a good example would be the West saying human rights matter and whatever you do is, is, is this. Then I'm like, yeah, you're not really looking at it from a moral point of view because you're not taking the cultural lens off. Because in the West, they're like a human's, uh, in the East, a human's existence is defined by their contribution to society. It's not just Pakistan or India. You look at Korea, you look at Japan, you look at China, you look at Indonesia. All the Eastern countries have this concept of collectivism that you need to add value to the people around you. While in the West, it's like you need to add value to yourself. You need to be maximizer yourself before you can be a maximizer someone else. Fine. Take your lens off or accept that you're wearing a lens before you come into the conversation. And that is where I think I draw the line. If I listen to a person who says that I know this is the right because this is the right way to live and I can prove it by logic, ration and anything, my question to you is, but all of this is a construct of where you're living. In the East, you have seven lives, nine lives, and uh, karma and all of that stuff. In the West, you might have re- uh, logic, heaven, and hell. So it all depends on the cultural list that you're in. So that was my f- last word. Ruby, what is your last word? Okay. Uh, mine would be, uh, I, I don't want to leave it on a note that in- individualism is mostly negative or individualistic. People are only destructive for the society For because, for example... Um, most of the scientists, they they are they come from very individualistic societies, or they themselves personally are very individualistic people who who did that because it was their passion. They didn't have like the collective good in mind. A lot of biggest inventions that we are all feeding off right now it comes from uh, the business heads or scientists who are all individualistic in their uh, basis and their foundation. And somehow it it helps the rest of the society. So there are there's a lot there's a lot of good things that come out of people who who just do their thing don't care about the world, follow their passion, and then they just have something that we can, we can all use by the end of the day. Um, at the same time, uh, being overly individualistic is also the reason for marginalization, social divisions, and, it, you know, like all of that. And there's also like, uh, there's some some people who are truly individualistic, not like, I'm not talking about the extreme of the spectrum, but like just individualistic in the sense they just want to do what they want to do. And there are other people who who claim to be individualistic, who desire to be individualistic, but, but for them, the the definition of individualism is just whatever is opposite of social norms. 
if everyone if everyone's wearing black i'm going to wear white not because i like white because everyone's wearing black so that's i don't want to call that as individualism because i feel like sometimes we we are considering that category also in, into that but they are they are not they're like anything but individualistic because the decision is completely based off of what the rest of the society is doing yeah. so i don't want to confuse between these two groups yeah um and having said that i think we should move beyond this binary view of individualism versus versus collectivism and like we need to strive for like more nuanced interplay between like the personal autonomy and social connectedness now that we can afford to do that like you said in the past it was not possible because we still we didn't have enough resources we had to like build the build the communities but now we we are in a stable state at least and i'm again speaking about the developed countries i shouldn't generalize but uh the groups that are in that state can afford to do that and we have to do it responsibly and with a lot of self awareness as you mentioned but i'm in all support of doing it but just to be more conscious of doing it that's that's all and that's what i'm trying to do as well so that's where i would in things great now thank you so much ruby it was wonderful to talk to you i hope you had fun as well and uh, i think uh, this is where we would uh, leave it off for you guys so Thank you so much for uh, joining us and hope you had fun and uh, I hope you learned more today than you did yesterday so thank you so much and uh, have a good day bye bye <laughs>